0: Well, hello, church family. I'm standing here in the Richmond campus longing for the day when we can be together. Um, I don't know when that day is going to be, neither do you, but that day will be sweet, a great reunion. Until then, I'd like to say hello to everybody that attends the Richmond campus, as well as all folks that attend West End and our Missouri City campus, as well as all those who are online, which is my mom. So hello, Mother. Hope you're having a great summer in cool mountains of western Maryland. And I also want to say hi to my new friend, Deanie, who watches every week from Fayetteville, Arkansas. So, Deanie, I hope you feel blessed and um, I hope you feel encouraged by today's talk. We're in a series called, um, what's the series called? It's called Not What You Think. There it is. Not what you think. See, I have a hard time remembering. As I've grown in my 50s here, I'm in my middle 50s now. I have a hard time remembering stuff. Uh, it, 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 and that's really what we're going to talk about today is this, this idea of forgetting. The worst mistake, uh, I think it's one of the worst mistakes I ever made in my ministry, was forgetting. Uh, let me tell you the story. Years ago, my children and my boys were in baseball and I was their coach. And we were having a a Saturday that uh, I was coaching several baseball games. We had a big schedule um, uh, planned. And, of course, it was a busy time in our life, right, season two, because we were planning a church and we had a lot going on. So we had this big day of baseball. And after the baseball, I said, hey, we got nothing going on. Why don't we just cook some steaks out and invite some friends over? So we did. We invited some friends over. We had these steaks. So when we got home and I was cooking steaks, back then, this is a long time ago, you had what's called an answering machine, an answering machine. So I noticed on the answering machine after dinner that the light was blinking, which signals there is a message. (laughs) Are you following this? And so then I pushed the button and I got the message and it was from a girl in our church named Erica. And it said, Pastor Kelly, this is Erica. I was wondering if you're going to make our wedding today. We're sitting here waiting on you. And at that moment in time, I realized I totally forgot to show up to officiate a wedding. For Erica and Terry. I <laughs> freaked out. I got so busy in my life, doing my thing, enjoying my world, I forgot this obligation. It's the only time I ever forgot a wedding. So not only was that message on the message machine, the answering machine, there was four others after that going, Pastor Kelly, says, Erica, just kind of wondering if you'd make it. I never made it. They had to do a rent-a-pastor somehow, to get married they ended up getting married that day and i was mortified i thought i i should quit my job and they showed me so much grace and mercy i i tried to lie and tell them i had some important thing happen but i just told the truth and said i forgot i forgot your biggest day of your life well they still go to our church and they still love me but i have almost this is probably 15 years ago and I still remember it like that. It's just horrifying to forget something. And that's kind of what we're talking today is we're in this series called Not What You Think. It's the story of forgetting. Uh, now, we, we're in this season, right, of this, this, this problem that we have with the virus, but I really think there is a upside to where we are in life. And God has consistently used times like this to direct us back to Him. So maybe, if nothing else, This season that you find yourself in will be a time where you pull closer to God. And I want to use an example out of the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy when God was relating to the children of Israel. And here's the story. Let me lay it out for you. They had been wandering around in the desert for 40 years. You should really read the book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy is where where we're going to be today. And in the book of Deuteronomy, what we see here is this warning that God gives his children as he's about to lead them into the promised land, this land flowing with milk and honey. Here's what he says. Let me read it to you. It says, be careful. So here's a warning. Be careful to follow every command I am giving to you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised an oath to your ancestors. So this was a generation ago, right? That you're gonna get this great land, so be careful to obey. Here's what it says. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble you to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. And so here's the warning, be careful. So when God tells us to be careful, when anybody tells you to be careful, what's happening here is they're transferring responsibility to somebody else. Be careful, it's really dangerous out there, or be careful there's snakes, or be careful of this, or be careful of that. I'm warning you there's danger ahead, And I want you to take care in this deal. So God is transferring responsibility to the children of Israel because he's about to tell you something that's gonna be dangerous. It's really not what you think, but he's warning the children of Israel. And I think the same warning is for us today. So he's saying, be careful. And here's what he's saying to do to obey and to submit, to continue to follow me. Obedience is better than sacrifice to God. So obedience means that you believe. It's not that God wants us to stay in shape or God's not really into behavior modification. God wants us to believe in him, to believe on him. And way we demonstrate the fact that we believe you is to follow your direction. So obedience and faith are always linked in the Old and in the New Testament, that it's impossible to say, I believe you, I have faith in you, but I'm going to ignore you. So what what is he really saying here? Is he saying to remember all that I have done these 40 years? And it reminds us of how easy the children of Israel and for you and for me, we forget all that God has done. And when we forget, we are led astray. We're led our own way. The Lord led those 40 years they had great need and God would provide. And there was a pattern there as you look at the history of the children of Israel, where they were thirsty and God gave them water. They were hungry and God caused manna from heaven to fall and quail. And he provided everything that he wanted. So here's, here's one of the ideas that, that you probably didn't think about. The idea behind hard times is that they are humbling to us. They they create a sobriety to us that says oh i 'm not limitless; I have limits, I have resources that have ends to them i, I can 't do all things on my own and when we When we forget this, we are filled with pride, and pride is the reason we forget our need for God, and God wants to warn us today, even in the midst of our difficulty, that we need Him, so be careful. You need God much more than you think you need God. Now, here's the thing about humility that's important. I don't know if you thought about this or not, but you can't just decide to be humble. You can't just wake up today and go, you know what, today today, I think I'll be humble. You can decide to be disciplined. You can decide uh, to, be, uh, to be caring, to, to think about others, to do nice things. But it's really hard to say, I'm just going to be humble today. Uh, because humility comes as a result of difficult circumstances in your life. Humility is a result of hardship. Because humility gives context to you or your limitations or your need. So we often say following Christ makes your life better and makes you better at life. And the reason following Jesus Christ makes your life better and makes you better at life is because There's this promise, right? And the promise is that if you'll follow him, you'll have this context to your life that says, God is good, God is great, God is limited, uh, not limited, but I am. So verse three, humility is mentioned here in Deuteronomy chapter eight. It says, he humbled you that the purpose of 40 years of wandering around in the desert is to give your life context. That's a long time. We're all hoping that this pandemic doesn't last 40 years, right? But in the trouble that we find ourselves in, we are humbled. He humbled you. He causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. God is saying here that life is more than physical, which is bread, right? And and there's a bigger story going on. There's this scripture. This is the scripture that Jesus used when he was tempted by the the devil in the desert. Remember the devil, when Jesus hungered, wanted him to turn stones into bread. And Jesus quotes this scripture out of Deuteronomy chapter 8 that says, hey, listen, man does not live by bread alone. There's more going on in our physical story than the material things in our life. But we live by every word, spiritual, spiritual life, every word, and not every feeling or every desire that we have. In fact, uh Famous theologian Charles Spurgeon said this, you have never received spiritual life by your own feelings. It was when you believed God's word that you lived, and you will never get an increase of spiritual life and growing grace by your own feelings or on your own doings. It must still be by your believing the promises and the feeding on the word. I think that's the ideal here is that in the desert, the children of Israel were forced to rely on God for their daily provisions. And it's in that context that God told them that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. So why was God warning his children to be careful? And to remember, because after 40 years, there was a good day coming. There was a day coming that was going to be amazing, a day when God was going to fulfill his promise and bring the children of Israel into this promised land. And the good times were about to roll. In fact, read about it. It says in verse 7, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks and streams and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills, a land with Wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates and olive oil and honey. A a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. What a promised land. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. A beautiful land. A land that is rich for food and provides metals for manufacturing. I mean, this is a, a land that is amazing. Now, this is not what we think. Now, if we're going to be warned about something, it's like warning. There's danger there. Be careful. Don't go there. You're going to get hurt. But God's warning about good times. This is not what we think. Uh, we, We tend to believe that if we had this amazing gift from God, this promised land that was rich in all the resources that we needed, that we'd be grateful and that we would never forget that God had blessed us so much, but that's not what tends to happen. The most dangerous times to our spiritual life and relationship with God are the good times. This is why God. This is why Jesus is, uh, says that it's more difficult for a rich man to get into heaven because he doesn't see his need for a savior. See, when 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 this idea is that that when we have these good times, we we get caught up in our own world and the comforts of our life and we, 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 we forget God. And this is the warning. Be careful. This is the, actually not what you probably thought about the difficulties that we all find ourselves in, is that this has drawn many of us closer to God in our prayer life and understanding that life is more than our own comforts and, and that we can thrive even though we're good, we have a lot of limitations. Uh, let, me, let me read on verse 7. It says, When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God, here's the warning, for the good land that he has given you. Be careful, here's a warning, that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. So God knows us so well. He, we are most vulnerable to forget God when we are rolling, when things are going great. We're on top of the mountain. When we have everything that we need. We tend to forget the one who provided all those things. We, we we tend to wander off. That's exactly what happened to the children of Israel. They got into the promised land and they were told specifically about what what not not to do to protect them and to help them and then they 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 were so sort of in so, sort of taken back by how great life was that they forgot that God had provided them that and they began to do their own thing and they wandered away from God. The biggest sin that the children of Israel committed at least consistently, was forgetting. And I think we forget too. You know, it, 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 so it's possible that we have this long history with God and we receive these amazing blessings from God and these amazing provisions from God and uh, a place to call our own. Uh, they, just look around your own place where you, where you live. If you sleep with a roof over your head and you have a meal to eat, you're blessed. But it's possible to have all these things and forget that God brought it all together for us. This is, called the, this is called pride or arrogance. And pride or arrogance often allows us to forget our need for God because we feel like that we're doing it on our own. I think this is the big deception of the, of the devil himself is, is to allow you to forget God, not turning away from God. Just, you just forget your need for God. So when a crisis comes into our lives, it's, it's important to remember, oh my goodness, I'm not as in control as I thought I was and I need God much more than I thought I did. So we have to come to grips with our limitations, and we have to recognize our need for God, who has no limitations. So here's some things that are mentioned to the children of Israel that I think we struggle with that cause us to forget to God. See if you can relate. One is wealth. We are warned over and over again about the love of money, because wealth causes us to forget God. It's It's not that God doesn't want us to have money or to be wealthy. It's just that he doesn't want to be replaced in our lives by money. Success. Um, Getting people to think that you're great. You know, to have the applause of the world and lose the attention of God. And we pursue success in this Western culture in a way that causes us oftentimes to idolize success. Power. Control causes us to forget God because we want to obtain power and we want to have the power because it gives us this false sense of being in charge or being in control. And another one that's kind of linked to success and power is achievement. And we have this bad habit of putting our sense of self-worth into what I do instead of who I am. That I was created in the image of God and God sees worth in me and he so loved me that he gave a son for me that I could have a relationship with my Creator. And the reality is, I am not what I do. God's created value in me, regardless of how successful I am. So achievement has to be careful. Now, this is typically a list of things that we hope for in life. That's why I'm thinking this is not what we think. There, there's actually nothing wrong with anything on this list. But the warning here is that these good things that are really morally neutral— can allow the pride of life to creep in and easily forget where we come from and who we are in Christ. That we are God's children. That everything comes from Him. Romans 11 says this, Everything comes from Him and exists by His power and is intended for His glory. All glory to Him forever. Everything comes from Him. So we often forget and it takes a crisis or takes running up against our limitations to remember how desperate we are that we need God. It's, it's not what we think, but this is the good side of a downside, right? This is the good part of a downside. Uh, so how do we not forget? Let's go back to what Jesus said. Let, uh, let us pick up our cross daily and follow Him. So you've got to get into a routine. This is the first thing. Put put the word routine right here. Yeah, routine. You've got to get in a routine because during good times and bad times, if you have a steady routine of spending time with God in prayer and acknowledging his, your need for Him, whether your circumstances are good or bad, this routine will be a stabilizing factor in your life as you connect with your Creator. So you need routine. The second thing you need is you need to give God the credit. You know, the pride of life would allow you to steal credit away from God. And it's really, look what I've done, and you've done a lot. Congratulations. But God gave you the very breath to breathe so and the talents that you have to do what you've done. So don't leave God out of this deal. He's not really insecure and needing you to recognize him. But when you give God credit, you're recognizing that you're not as independent or self-sufficient as you'd like to think. And so you have this routine of daily saying, God, thank you. Thank you for giving me this ability, this job, this talent, this family, this opportunity, even if difficulty um, exists. And here's the third thing you should do. You've got to be a student of the Bible. You've got to get a Bible. You know, get a Bible. Open it to the book of John, okay? Uh, Start reading the book of John. Read the book of Proverbs. I mean just start some. You've got to hear from God. We often wonder why does God feel so far away from us and we don't open the Bible. And so I'm just challenging you that in your routine that you open your Bible every day and you read something from it. You make notes in your Bible. There's nothing wrong with that. And you highlight it and you make notes in a journal and you are living because of the word of truth that God's speaking into your soul. You can't Live just by material things. You can't really live if you're just living for experiences or feelings. Hearing from God gives us the substance for life that satisfies our desires and our souls. So obey Him, follow Him, have faith in Him, don't forget Him, don't go on your feelings, don't trust your emotions, look for truth and follow God. There's a time in your life when you have to move beyond knowing about God so you can surrender to God. So listen for His voice. I believe, and it's backed up in Scripture. Read it for yourself. Pride is the greatest danger in the Christian life. And pride happens when we forget we need God. So be careful. Don't you forget. Don't get caught up in your own life and your own desires that you forget God, draw close to him today, get a routine, obey him, give him credit, and get into God's word. I'm sure that will encourage you. Let's pray together. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, thank you that we need you, that you built us not to be independent or self-sufficient, but you built us to depend on you. And you've warned us today not to forget you, and we confess the sin of forgetting We often forget you, especially when times are good, when money's in the bank and everybody's happy and the job's going good and we're getting more and more and more and more. We thank you, but we forget you. And we are in times like today when there's hardship and difficulty and limitations where we recognize we are not God, you are God and we need you desperately. So we pray we'd get into a routine and open your word that we would not live just by material things, but from every word that proceeds from your mouth to our hearts, that we would absorb it, assimilate it, and obey it. We thank you for life that you've given us, and we just confess our need for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. I hope you have a great week.